let's go. There, here's some beats. Like let's try it out. Let's see what After we can get. Oh my gosh, this takes me back. So when my like my friend from university used to make me these crazy long. Speaking to the mic. Let's oh, get let's get the mic going. You know when yeah. you back in the day before like you could give people like kind of USB sticks or yeah. like just kind of like data. It's not so much you could play it like a CD, but they give yeah. you a CD-ROM. And like, he, after one and Flying Lotus, this is like university where yeah. Flying Lotus was still coming out. And I just remember them. You know, so. I wanted to kind of put just like beats on the background, just mm -hmm. kind of set the vibe. That's what me and Late started doing when we did this. We really wanted to have like a a wake up show kind of like Sway in Tech um or or stretching bobito type of vibe and i found like the music was too loud when we first started so i kind of just turned it down and down and then next thing i know it was like all lo-fi beats and type of things like that which which i kind of despise lo-fi beats for a lot of reasons just because it remind to me it feels like the modern day like elevator music you know like i got a lot of homies who pay rent with it you know what i mean like don't you like it like for concentrate oh sorry don't you like it when you're concentrating like you're doing like paper no i actually listen to other genres like oh, you know like yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of like drone and ambient and and okay. idm and other other different artists that that make music that i can read to or okay. write to or okay. or draw a picture to so i i just i don't know i feel like a lot of those people owe dilla's family like a lot of money i don't know <laughs> but but yeah man shoot let's go ahead and we'll, we'll start okay. right now yeah peace and greetings welcome mega light show uh yes beautiful people of the world i have decided to restart the mega late show and i'm gonna I, I was wondering if i should call this season two or if i should call it season six because this is year six of the podcast i took year five off um and i really wish my brother late was here that's true but also um a play on the title of dell the funky homo sapiens album i wish my brother george was here um late is not late he's still alive and breathing just in atlanta and i haven't spoke to him in a long time but yeah man welcome back mega late show i'll call this episode one season i'll decide on that later uh to to speak on it mega late show is a tokyo based hip-hop art and culture podcast uh, we're doing video now you're probably seeing us on secret house against the world shout out secret house against the world if you know who this is shout out to you but um yeah this is this is a japanese red army yeah, that's kind of bad. She, you know, they're terrorists in the eyes of Lot, but um, she's free now. But uh, yeah, yeah. So Tokyo Hip Hop Art and Culture, me and Lay started this podcast about six years ago. And um, yo, shout out to De La Soul. It was De La Soul Day the other day. Our first interview was Maceo of De La Soul. I have a De La Soul story. May I jump in? Yeah, bust it, bust it. I was like, speak, speak closer. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like eight or nine years old and there was like this i can't remember where it might have been the london carnival no it wasn't the carnival because that's like too big of an event but it was like an outdoor event and it's happened so long ago it's hard for me to remember but basically they someone announced like oh de la soul's gonna be on stage and then i just said like it's just me myself and i and one of De La Soul were behind me in the crowd. Oh, and they yeah. were like, hey, you know our stuff? And I was like, yeah. And then they got on stage. And they were like, shout out to our little homie on, in, down there who knows. And I was like, I was like primary school. And I was like, what? Oh, that's yeah. dope. And my sister was like, it was it was so close because I almost sang, can I kick it? And my mm. sister was like, that's tribe. Yeah, that been, you would have messed that up. That would have been sad. But I just went, it's just me. And I just, yeah, I don't know why I knew that. Anyway, so that's the oh, digression. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm rest in peace Hello. to Trigoy. Um, Several years ago when they were out here, I embarrassed myself pretty good with Trigoy. <laughs> Shout out to, to Dove. You know, like 
it, it, we were we were building and I was trying my best to keep cool because mm -hmm. despite being around a lot of famous hip hoppers and calling even some of them my friends, mm -hmm. Dayla is one of those artists is just like on next level yeah. to where I was trying to contain myself from geeking out. And so he's like, chilling, we're talking. And then a lady walks up and he's like, yo, this is my lady, such and such. And I was like, yo, nice to meet you. You're dating Tragoy. That's so cool. And I was like, oh, why did I say that it was cool to date Tragoy? And, and, and like, I cringed real hard about it. But, you know, I'm glad I got that memory because, man, what a special artist. Um, rest in peace. But yeah, um, let's go ahead and get right right into it, man. The background beats are done by After One. I kind of just decided to throw him on right now. I might change it to Pigeon Dust. I'll let you guys know if I do. Today, um, today I've got two special guests, as you can see on my sides, flanking me here. Uh, two of my favorite homegirls out here in Tokyo. Uh, tremendously talented, both uh, in, in mind, body, and, and spirit. And man... Um, I've had KD on before. Yay. I forget what episode number, and I didn't research it, but it must have been like two years ago. It was, it was during the pandemic. Okay, I mean sure. two years ago yeah, then, two right? Years ago, yeah. I think oh, it was wow. 2020. But and then my homegirl uh, Yinka here. Hello. Shoot, I, I met you probably 2017. Yeah, it was a while ago. And we've been talking about getting on. And yeah. today I'm finding out all these new fascinating things about her that I did not know that we're going to have to talk about more in the future. She is also a radical leftist. Yeah, so you know, you guys know uh, those of you that listen to me mm -hmm. um, on Secret House are familiar with uh, kind of some of my thoughts on politics. We're not really going to get too much into that because we just spent about an hour and a half building er earlier. But um, to, so so I can get you guys an actual dope kind of proper introduction. How about I let you both introduce yourselves? Just kind of say your name, what you like to be called or or known as during the podcast, and then kind of what you do, where you're from, maybe things like this. Who wants to go first? Okay. Oh, oh, me? oh well, me? she won, okay. so she gets to call it, right? Oh, you, get to call oh, you know yeah. what? I'm going to just, my name is Katie. Call me K-Dog. No, I'm just kidding. Just call me Katie. Um, I am a dancer out in Japan. I am black and Japanese, and I do a lot of entertainment things. She does a lot of things. I, I, do, I, yeah, I do a lot of things on the internet, off the internet, here and there. Yeah, hit me up if you have time oh, and yo, if you, i have time you can have this blazing tribe sticker blazing asian tribe that's Let's from go. that's from the legendary graph writer sayno who was in here um <laughs> shout out to sayno yo. you know cleveland legend he uh he did some of the artwork for illmatic that's right oh, okay but yeah legend what? legend legend sayno shout out to brooklyn terry too he was here we actually had an episode recorded with sayno that we never released i'll talk to terry about it but yeah word life blazing tribe black asians all right. What what do you got? Okay, I gotta follow Katie. Okay, that's hard. Okay, I'm British. Hello. That's um. I'm gonna put forward with that. Hopefully, my accent will make anything I say sound more interesting. My name is Yinka, and I am. Dope. I'm I'm Nigerian. I was born in the UK, um, but my family were all Nigerian born, so I guess I'm sec first generation British. But yeah, and I also dance in Japan, and hey. I run my own business out here and freelance, mm. mainly teaching kids. I teach some adults. Um, I do Afro beats and hip hop and different street styles. A little okay. bit of lock-in, a little bit of house, a little bit of dance. stuff. 
And um, yeah, it's been a long time. He says I'm one of his favorite home girls, but it's yeah. taken six seasons to get me uh, on. I feel yeah. hurt. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, we, we've talked about it several times, and yeah. especially over the last two years. I haven't mm. been doing much, but we should have got True. you on back in the, the heyday of, mm. of Mega Late Show. I don't know why it never happened. But I'll take full responsibility, and, and um, I'll, I'll definitely have you on more often in the future, uh, depending on maybe if we get somebody on here who's talking about politics, I'll have okay. you here as my um, as, as a ballast point, okay. like another balance, right? Uh, can I just say something before we go ahead? I'm gonna try to resist the urge to sound super like knowledgeable. I, I do know music, but I feel like when I hear him talk, I get nervous, and it's like I'm gonna Don't mess up that. album names, and next so I just I'm just gonna abandon it. Now. Don't worry. And if don't I mess up names, don't no. worry. You got me here. Yeah, I don't, please I know very My memory is super bad. Like, like I know yeah. what I know, and yeah. then outside of that, I don't know that much. I, I don't know if we'll get too much into like albums. I do want okay. to subject you both to some weird underground independent hip hop, but that'll be on the second part of the conversation. First, okay. I, I I know we've had you on before, Katie, and we kind of heard about kind of your trajectory you know how your life has been growing up black and japanese largely in japan and dancing in the community out here so i i do recommend for those of you that want to hear more about that go back and check out her episode i'll try to put it in the show notes or on the screen right now and um i do want to talk more about both of yours experiences out here dancing and what you guys think about the community how long you have been doing it can we start off again by having both of you restate how long you've been in japan and how long you've been dancing in oh, japan so i've been in japan i want to say over 16 years now but not in tokyo tokyo has only been six years now because 2023 yeah six years um and i've been dancing before i came to tokyo but before dancing i did figure skating and other things um but it was very different coming out to tokyo for sure and we talked about it too how before i go into that i want to let you yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i don't want to hear you go off on your tangent oh my <laughs> okay i want to introduce myself real quick then i'm gonna I would, don't forget this tangent okay, okay, okay um yeah i've been in japan for 13 years wow, wow. really I don't look old enough to have been anywhere 13 years. Um, and true. I didn't even come here as a child. I just have eternal youth. Um, but... I've been out here about the same, 12 okay, years. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah uh, not Tokyo. Tokyo, I've been here for uh, like almost 10. Okay, yeah. I, my first year I was in um, Ibaraki. But, oh, sorry. My first year I was in Ibaraki. So I'm really bad with keeping the mic close to my mouth. I'm gonna nah, just... if, I, if it gets a little soft, okay, then I just, just point to just, it. Yeah, yeah that's, to it, it's not a problem. You don't have to address it. Just move it okay, closer. Just, you just, know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was in, you guys, do you know Ibaraki? Yeah, I was in a place called Ibaraki for my first year. And yeah, I was dancing before I came to Japan. But I would say that I have lived my adult life in Japan. So after I graduated university, I kind of worked for half a year and then I moved to Japan. So I've probably only lived as an, like a tax paying adult in Japan. So I think that's kind of, yeah, sure. informed my outlook or... I'm not sure what I'm trying to it say. It definitely so. adds yeah. yeah, to kind of the human that you are today. Yeah. It happens right, like that. Uh, yeah. I've, I've lived in Tokyo and uh, particularly this apartment longer than I've lived in any other single like residence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's strange. But yeah, I'm out here in Ikebukuro. That's right. Ikebukuro. Cultural ambassador. You know what I mean? Ooh. Yeah. Cultural ambassador yeah. for Ikebukuro. Oh, third largest station in the world. Lots of Chinese folks. Really? In the world? Yeah. It goes Shinjuku, Shibuya, Ikebukuro. In the world? In the world. 
Damn, Damn. I did not. Yeah, know we've that. got over. I think it's one point four million people pass through five minutes away. No wonder why it was so packed in yeah, the train. Yeah, yeah, be like we were, that. It's crowded. Yeah, a lot of people dislike Ikebukuro because it used to have the. It, it was kind of. Ikebukuro, like, if you think about New York, we'd be the Bronx. We're kind of up north and to the left a little bit. But we used to be kind of like the gangster capital here. You remember that show, Ikebukuro Westgate Park? No. It's like all the gangs were over here. Yeah, we was hard. It used to be real bad. And it still is a red light district right around the corner. Yeah. You got to pass by all the love hotels to get to my spot. But it's also the safest place that I've ever lived in. But <laughs> shout out to, you know, Inglewood in the 90s. Okay. It'd be different. Shout out to yeah. Lewisham, Southeast London. Yeah. Rap, rap. Not that I was ever street. Do you know yeah. Jet? Tall, light-skinned, Jamaican, white British dude. He's a modeler. Uh, he does modeling. But he does Secret House Against the World with me. And he's also from London. Jet. South London. Yeah, Jet Axel is no, his real that, name. That name okay. sounds very epic. I think I okay. would remember. Yeah, right. okay, yeah. I mean, he's hard to forget. He's very distinctive looking. He looks like a model type of guy. Do you know Jet? No. Can oh, you dang. introduce All him? All right. So I, I mean, I, it's know. weird. I just assume that everybody knows everybody because no. somehow I've managed to know no. everybody. You're the renaissance, yeah. man. You're everywhere. So. We, we were the plug. We were the number one plug out yeah. here. We knew everybody. But yeah. Um... Let's get into it then. So, yeah. what's up with what's up with dancing in Japan? Is it oh, yeah, is it is it dope? Is it trash? How do you feel about the way that they look at you? Do they get perms after they hang out with you? Lots <laughs> of tanning beds. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hope they don't. At least not right now. I'm Girl, gonna because that's a lot to take care of. That's I mean, a like, lot to take. So we can so break it down. Spend as much time as you need. Yeah, I think I want you to talk about the public aspect, and then I think because I'm going through like a personal like epiphany about dance in Japan. So, oh, sorry, dance <laughs> in Japan. So. I think yeah. You talk about like you, you go first. For I mean, what you said about the hair after yeah. after me. I hope you don't because that's a lot to take care of. That's just <laughs> that's just my opinion. Right. Pretty pricey had, out here, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. If you can't access, I've heard you've got dead. good hair products up in here. Oh, uh, sometimes. I mean, I got the black soap all over the place. I got black soap deodorant. You know what I mean? See. Okay. Shea butter. Uh, where you know. where is this? On the black soap deodorant, right there is right okay. next to the oh, to the white man's the deodorant. <laughs> You know what I mean? The white devils. No, I'm just playing. White. Shout out to all my white folks. No, what? that's what I've been using my whole okay. white Yeah, no, I got black soap. You know, we got to order it from iHerb. Uh, yeah, okay. iHerb got it. My but, iHerb is my mom. She, <laughs> just, she just keeps she me. She just sending you like a, a big ass block of black soap. I'm not even kidding. She's, I've got everything. I've if got you like run a little out of salad. Like, <laughs> I want to talk more about kind of uh, your culture. Okay. You know, because we were real nice westernized. We, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like it's new for us. But yeah, the public aspect about dancing mm -hmm. in Japanese. So I've been um, blessed with many opportunities to be in more part of the industry recently, um, but not a part of the industry, if that makes sense. Because I'm She's still really very, good at that. <laughs> I don't know how I, I don't know yeah. how that happens. You're very good at I'm that. I'm not in the industry part of the dance scene, but somehow people from there find me to be like perform with them so just seeing from an outside perspective it is very there's like a weird hierarchy and just like it's hard to be it's hard to question people for sure even so even in uh a recent i guess you could say stage, stage i guess stage performance uh that my friend is going through she went through an agency and like just someone the the choreographer was giving them choreo two other people were doing it wrong three other people were doing it wrong and they were like no we are right and she's like mm, i don't think that's right 
but like questioning that in turn like the rest of like the month that they had rehearsals just like was trash just because she was like hey i don't think you did the moves correctly and she was right my friend was right the three girls were not and then like it was just the rest of the rehearsals were just like horrible and then like the directors and like just everything everybody was like in on it in the back and that's it does very much it shows japanese culture in a weird way like i've heard the, very similar things about the acting community yeah. and people who star in like mm-hmm. the visual mediums yeah it's yeah. really it's really weird in that aspect i'm glad that i'm like an outsider because y'all called me in like i didn't have to go through anything else so i can i can be that person that stands out because i'm already arriving as an outcast i have a question for katie so I've worked with Katie before on some kind of some other big stages. It was fun, and it's always really fun. But something I've I really admire about her, and I've asked her this privately before, but if you don't mind, can I ask her this publicly too? Is that I feel often um, a lot of the time, the times I'm called and I don't have to audition, I know that they have a certain look that they're going for. It I'm not, and it can be a blessing and a curse. So the blessing is you don't have to audition. There's the competitions more, it's fewer than it would be in LA or London. So you can get really big jobs just by being adequate and black because they want a black face to legitimize whatever like image they're trying to present. Right. And okay, you can get your bag, you can get your money, but there's a way that you can feel, I don't know, it can make you feel, yeah, it can, it can be a bit of tokenism, but going even deeper than that, I've tended to find that because this is a style of dance that derives from, it's an, it's an Afro descendant style of dance, whether it's African American, you know, diaspora and African Caribbean, there's an element where it at the beginning when i first came to japan i found that there was like this oh this welcoming like you're almost the legitimate thing but there's almost like a weight of expectation like i was really young when i came here and i'm still trying to i came here to grow and to learn but there's this expectation that because you're black number one you're going to be better and in some cases that is true there's something that's intrinsic that they don't have but also you stand out and just the scrutiny of that. But then when it comes to big commercial shows, a lot of the professional dancers know that you were there. You, you weren't at the audition. <laughs> they don't see you at the other big stuff, but this is something which is set in America or it's got a certain international look about it. So you're here and there's a way that you almost, I know I felt this almost crippling anxiety to prove myself. Mm. And in doing that, it's almost like, you know, the thing that we're supposed to bring, that yeah, kind of, yeah. I lose it. But every time I've seen Katie, and I don't know if this is a thing because you're completely bilingual, because I was panicking those circumstances. Like, oh my God, I hope I pick up everything because they're speaking at like a mm. rapid rapid pace. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to, I don't want to at all be the one bringing up the rear. You know what I mean? But I've just always noticed that Katie can just exude what seems to me like a genuine joy and relaxation, even to the point she don't even show up to all the rehearsals. She's like, look, this is what the, these are the rehearsals I can make and that's has to do. And literally, <laughs> I don't know where she's at, but for me, I'll be like, okay, yeah, there'll be like seven rehearsals. I'm like, I'll be there for eight. Like seriously, but she'll be like, I can make four rehearsals and they'll take it. But the thing is, but she'll show up, she'll do the work. She's not like she slits, she's slacking, but she seems completely relaxed. And in that context, like compare it to the all black production we did last summer. Uh, I felt completely at ease. I never once felt that anxiety to prove myself. Mm-hmm. It was at home. Mm-hmm. But in those contexts, I just, it, I, and 
I kind of end up not really enjoying the experience, even though I know it's like a significant one, like the stage is huge. How do you do that? How can you come and just be yourself and be just present and not feel this weight of representation? So there is there is one big performance that I had that feeling and it was the Paralympics. It was, it was. I wanted that gig. I was what? so sad I didn't get it. I was it. like, where is she at? I was I looking for that. my, I was looking for my shime. I know, man. <laughs> I was I looking for my other side. I, I was, was like, sad. I was upset. So I, but I got the BBC that summer. I know, so I was, I was like, very, okay, God very, balanced it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Excellent. <laughs> I mean, that's wild. I know y'all be on TV and stuff and all this, but I mean. You don't understand how happy I was to see you on that BBC thing. It's all her. Let's go. I didn't didn't know you were on the the Paralympics. I got to be part of the Paralympics thing. And honestly, that was one of the ones that made me feel that way. Like with with the anxiety and stuff. I I wasn't able to fully enjoy it for some reason. And I just, I didn't think I questioned it too much. Um... I just let me feel the anxiety for that moment because I don't feel that that much. But usually, like you said, how do I be my genuine self? I think one thing for you in particular, because there is a language barrier and not knowing what everything is saying, especially when how they talk and the speed that everybody's going through everything, that definitely makes you, yeah, makes you anxious. But, but for me, especially if we're being called in, you need me more than I need you is my stance. You called me in, so I'm going to do my best regardless, right? I'm going to do my best regardless. But in order for me to do my best and and you get what you want, then I'm going to ask questions. And if that feels like it's holding you back, then you know what? By all means, find somebody else. But I know Uh, you can't. I know you can't. And that's it. That's it. You can't find anybody else at Uh, this time. So I'm going to use that and I'm going to feel comfortable. And the more that I have fun, Mm -hmm. the more does everybody else. Yes. But can I ask you this? I never knew about your bad experience in the Paralympics. Mm-hmm. Like retrospectively, can tell you think us about a, that. Can you first. think of a reason what could have contributed to that? What was the bad experience? I think just in general, the I don't I don't even know how to explain it. It's um, I've always had this weird, like I don't deserve this feelings. Imposter syndrome. Yeah, for sure. But apparently, <laughs> but apparently, black women disproportionately suffer from that in professional, yeah. um, circ- like whether it's corporate, whatever, like civil service. When you get past a certain level, like that. I think one yeah. of the one of the reasons why <laughs> I have so much love for you, you don't understand. The, one of the reasons was because I didn't see you there. Was one of the. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. That was uh, probably you feel one away, of. Like, I was like, oh my god, like, <laughs> where's my, where's my family? Yeah, like That's a, that's another thing. And it's like, Comrade. what did I do to deserve this position? Because everybody just getting through it, making things, and it was the Paralympics. We had a portion to create with other people, but um, our team was kind of lacking a little bit, mm. and. I felt very responsible for that, though it probably wasn't just, it wasn't just me. It was just like, you know, all of us had our own things going on and how fast like the rehearsals and everything was crunched. And I think all of that built into the yeah anxiety. And I also like, heard I, it was quite poorly um, organized. It's Com- not. Yeah. yeah, it was. I'm not going to yeah. lie. It was, but it's not the choreographer and below's fault because everybody kept switching ideas above it's like oh how about sure. this or how about that and it's like listen dude you gotta stick to one thing because we can't oh, yeah. <laughs> time limit time limit time limit 
yeah but um i think just built just building feeling responsible for things that i'm not responsible for in the paralympics and um just feeling that i didn't deserve this position when i feel i didn't feel like i was good enough because everybody else that was there they had they had titles and like names and stuff like that and mm. it's just i'm just here yeah, yeah. like it's it's weird here in japan particularly because sometimes you'll find yourself in a position by virtue of just being dope where you feel like oh man like am i not supposed to be here and the thing that always the thing that always makes me feel all right at the end of the day is like i look at the other people who are doing it and i was like oh that person's not dope like <laughs> especially <laughs> here in my lane where i do like hip-hop shit i'll be like oh like the, that person who is showing them around is kind of a bozo like they're not even a part of the culture like that and and i don't even mean it like part of the culture i just mean like they for some reason they are in I've over the head i don't think i've had a conversation with someone and they've just dropped the word bozo just i mean <laughs> i see a lot of yeah, like i see that. a lot of he's foolishness a out here a there's a lot of people out here is like you come across them when you've been here for long enough it's like they come out here and they get like a new personality they get like like oh yeah i'm about to i remember Reinvent there was this kid themselves. that came through um like a summer ago or some shit and he's like yeah i'm about to take over tokyo i was like bro like you barely know how to you know what i mean get get the right chicken you know what i mean like you it, it's very strange like i i, I did want to i did want to say though if i could bring this back to dance um in my estimation um the the wide umbrella of hip-hop dance is perhaps the most popular import for black culture in japan like and i say that as like a person who's constantly around like culture centers and almost every single culture center that you go to around here which most wards will have a culture center your your ito yokados and your aeons will have a culture center where people go and they do a hobby there is always a hip-hop dance happening there and usually it's not by you know um a non-japanese person and it's 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 you know it's it's you name it all types of different style like afro beat like afro hip-hop um i don't even know the names of these things because i'm just a simple-minded b-boy but it seems to be the most popular aspect of black culture that in my estimation outside of you know i don't know Hip like some of the music, music. you know yeah. which is which is a but like kids are doing this from yeah. a young age yeah. my daughter is even breaking from a young age but we, we from the cloth you know what i mean she's under the right lineage but I, I don't know who these teachers are their abilities who they learn from if they're all children of brooklyn terry you know there's definitely legitimate people out here doing it but it's very strange to me to see afro dance being taught decontextualized from afro people oh, and that's what i want to know as black those women, old, those so old. Mega black sad. women. from when you just those said old. decontextualized so guys may i go off may i go off on just a Three That's minute digression. Time yeah. me, yeah. time me, because I'll because uh, I'll go even longer. Time me. Okay, Three minutes, right. cut me off. Yeah. Because yeah. I've been having kind, I've been kind of soul searching because um, last few performances I did, like I was doing Afro beats, and none of them really went well. And like I'm in my thirties now, right? So at this point, I'm not really trying. Not that you're not learning and you're not growing. You're always learning, but at some point you shouldn't you shouldn't have enough of grasp of something that you can make it your own and be have something new to say. And so I was just, I don't know, I've just been kind of searching like, why does, why ever since I've come to Japan, whether it's battling, whether it's performing, I just feel kind of out of sync. And last year we did this all black production and I didn't feel this way. 
And the word you just used, decontextualization. And this is the thing, it's back arsewood. It's back arsewood out here. So this is how I, I spoke to Terry about this. He quoted me online. Maybe you saw this quote. I'm the Yinka he, he uh, credited with this. I'm sorry to Jiman Shimas, but I must. Okay, so basically this is what I think is going on. When we dance, it's completely expressive. We love the music. It's a way of community. It's, cult it's cultural, it's community. It's just, it's fun. And I think people, not just Japanese, will see that and see that expression of joy in that moment and believe, and this is kind of could connect back to kind of capitalism, that ability to be able to commodify something and replicate it in order to sell it, right? That if you can replicate that movement, that you can somehow capture that joy that the person had at the time or at that moment. And I found that in Japan, the process is you learn the step. And then once you know the step and you're satisfied and confident that you understand how to do it, then the joy will come, but it never comes. It's just steps and steps and steps. It's met methodology. But for us, even as hip hop, as we're talking now, new styles of hip hop are being created. It never stops going. It's continuously evolving, as is the dance, because we're just responding to the music. We're not sitting around in lecture halls trying to write out the next move. It's made in the clubs, it's on the streets, it's in the living rooms, it's in the kitchens. The fact that most kids in Japan only dance in a mirrored studio is completely outside of the context of the culture. And I've always wondered why I felt like a little bit of a charlatan when I'm teaching, but it's because I'm teaching them in a way that I did not learn. It's why I feel like a charlatan teaching English. I didn't learn English in a classroom. I grew up speaking it. And I feel that I'm trying to teach hip hop as a second language while it's my first. And I think that's the issue. And when I've been performing, I've been doing the same thing. I've been getting carried away in steps and I'm lost and three minutes up. No, not yet. Three you minutes up. Seconds. And I just feel like intention is everything. And I'll just I'll just close it with this. Like no one ever taught you how to laugh. And no one ever tells you that the way you're laughing is wrong. The same with dance, I believe. For any Afro-descendant music style or dance, there's no wrong answers. We're just it's like laughing, it's a form of expression, it's response to the music. Out here, there's a right way, therefore there's a wrong way. And then the whole the whole thing falls apart and that's all i really have to say about right. that sorry i went off that was my little dissertation no, I, I i think that you're speaking a lot of um a lot of really interesting and, and poignant thoughts about it I, I feel the same way about most culture like most subcultures have been decontextualized from their origins or where they come from or what they mean or what they're supposed to symbolize to and the point like sorry. to and the point you get like pop punk mm. you know what i mean it's like I, I there there's so many different things that just become McDonaldized and and decontextualized from from what they stand for and I, I you know despite growing up with you know older black sisters who were always dancing and learning the new culture you know what I mean the, the cabbage patch and all of these things like I never did that and I don't identify with that as like me culturally so much especially being mixed race but when i see it out here it's like I, there's a part of me that really likes the idea that they're learning and seeing beauty yeah. in other cultures but there's also a part of me that says that's a bit problematic because of the way it's being taught and i think you really highlight the issue for me is like this is not something where you just learn how to do the you know you learn the rules so you can break them and mm, you don't yeah. break them when you're always only learning the rules to do a performance of the rules that you learn like sometimes you got to hit speakeasy and just like feel the music like but even speakeasy sorry terry i found that it's very circle orientated yes. and again 
I grew up community dancing. Now there's nothing wrong with occasional circles, but again, it's that performative nature. But sorry, if I, before, I just don't want to forget this. I want to say that I'm not gatekeeping. What I'm not saying is that hip hop should only stay in like, cause then I'm a British black person. If hip hop just stayed in America, I wouldn't do it, right? So I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but my issue is that this commodified studio based version of hip hop is now become the mainstay. And mm. it's almost like, it's like they go and they mine the real hip hop from the kids in the ghetto or the streets where they, and then it's just the mainstay becomes sure. this foreign place. I don't know if you've ever done like a big battle or something. I, don't I can't do that. I can't, I can't but, do battles But here. don't you feel that weird anxiety? It, because yeah. it's, it's, it's like, it's, what's that? Is that Nina Simone's song? Like strange fruit, like the, their words sound just like lies. It looks familiar, but there's something so alien about it. And it's because there's these rules, I don't know. So yeah, let me pass it on to you, but I'm not gatekeeping. I'm just saying that the culture foundation should be where it starts. I was just gonna add to like Sorry. the circle thing. Like I'm not, I learned how to dance literally, not even, it wasn't even in the States. It was in Japan, in the streets of Japan, <laughs> seeing all these dancers outside and be like, hey, how you do that? You know what I mean? Or like jamming with people just out there or in the clubs. And so now I'm teaching and I feel very, very uncomfortable teaching because I never learned this way. I don't know how to teach you. I just go outside, go play with your friends, go listen to some music is the best advice that I could give to you to start learning dance. Because the first thing that I need you to do is to like it. Sure. I hate seeing kids just do the moves. Now I got them just yeah it's not it's no stop don't do that no more don't do that just don't do like like what you do and then do what you like do do you both feel like there's an impulse for you to have to monetize this art form that you love for not the money of it to monetize it in order to sell it better than the people who are not i think it's been monetized already right i think that you know, black people well, i remember talking to a well, she's a former friend now, but she had a lot of, she said a lot of wise things. But I remember she was getting really angry talking about cultural appropriation. And I've come, I, I've swung different ways on this argument. But then she kind of looked me in the eyes and she had tears in her eyes. She said, you know, there's people who created this stuff and they have nothing. I mean, they're living oh, yeah. in adverse poverty. They have nothing to show for this, right? right? And so there's a level when it's like, I'm happy the thing is growing. It's not that you want to shield people from it, but I feel there's an element where literally people have come in from not our cultures, watched what we've got. Just the same thing, you know, what's that thing? What's it, Johnny Be Good? And all that kind of just, when you just you just rip off. Mm -hmm. And then they just go like, yeah, I can sell this. I can make money. And I don't even, I don't want to make it a racial thing. I'm going to maybe say more of a, how can I say, a, a, a for life philosophy been, thing. This idea that you constantly have to pro produce pr produce things. So you take right. things, you, you mine things or you source mm -hmm. materials. And then you kind of mat you manufacture. Oh yeah, and especially so I think, that's a big part yeah. of the neoliberal turn. Yeah, in, in and I feel uh, that's economics. what's happened to hip hop. And just as a black person, we're playing catch up because if you look, when I watch Millennium, like you know, we've all seen videos in Millennium Studios. You would be forgiven to thinking that most professional street dancers are either Asian, Hispanic, or white. I think that when I watch like those, and I'm not saying that's everything, the choreographed videos, but there are black people there, but they're not overwhelming. Yeah. But if you were look to at look Michael at Jackson a Jackson video, yeah, yeah, but if you look at like a sumo wrestling championship, you've got foreigners, right? But would you ever look at that and be like, I wonder if this is a Norwegian body, you know, is this a Norwegian right. art form? Yeah. And this is what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm not trying to gatekeep, but I think we're so used to the things that we make, kind of 
I don't know. Do you, do you know what I mean? That sourcing, that just sourcing yeah, right. stuff. It just feels like it's right. constantly being sourced and manufactured elsewhere. And when the big money comes in, we're not the ones well, getting it. Well, right. Everything and that's beautiful and free and inherently radical has to be taken, commodified. I mean, that's what we create. Like capitalism will create new markets. Like mm. now we're selling pictures, mm. at, like digital picture ownership, for, you know, NFTs, NFTs. as a thing. And we I always create new markets. NFTs. And so, like, I, I'm not surprised in... in you know the biggest the biggest song or the the first song that became a huge hit in hip hop was one that was done like looking at the culture figuring out how to replicate it getting a band in there to play uh, a break and we got the sugar hill gang and so in in retrospect we see that as like this really great moment in hip hop but at the same time it was a bastardized version a carbon copy of what the actual culture was doing at I the time I heard a similar story so, about Bob Marley apparently I when mean, he first came out apparently what we know to be like the reggae apparently that's like a really watered down version and there was apparently there was like a fat he used to i can't remember the name of the group but he used to like jam with the group and they actually splintered off because they're like this version that you're making to market to the west we just can't be behind it um yeah, yeah. most i mean and so if you look at if you look at like that moment in hip-hop is like an integral part of hip-hop culture and black culture then you must include the kind of taking in monetization and kind of allowing that to be a part of hip-hop culture not all of us feel the same way but in japan it rings differently because we are in such an insular homogenized culture who has this very long history of being unconquered they have this long history of imperialism of you know their own forms of isms that are racist or whatever and we find ourselves in this kind of very postmodern, um even post postmodern neoliberal economic world where we're trying to find a footing be ourselves find ourselves express ourselves in authentic ways but the things that are all around us that we're using to express ourselves have already been removed from whatever they were even when we got to them mm. so i don't know um it's very strange it's i strange. hope they teach more of the culture when they're teaching hip-hop dance than yeah. not just the dance i think that's that's the biggest takeaway i feel very yeah because mm. it's a culture, bro. It's to not me, just that's dance. Of like, the utmost importance. And a lot of kids don't know that you know, the like graffiti and DJ, the MCs are part of mm. hip hop. Like when it's I see these kids yeah. go to the clubs, and they're just standing there is what throws me yeah. off. Or they're it's, standing there, or they're completely banging it out. And that's yeah. the thing. It's like there's an element living in Japan, we have to adapt because they're not, they didn't grow up right. in the context I know, and we it's... did. So there's an element, I don't know what to expect, but something, I remember once doing this battle, my friend, when you know Dance at Live, they used to, I don't know yeah, yeah, to yeah, do yeah, Dance at Live. But my black friend came to support me back in the day when I used to battle. And they were playing some tunes, bro. It was just wall to wall jade. And it was like, it was, they were playing some, some jams. And me and her were just shucking, waiting for my turn. And she was like, Yinka, you're gonna do great. And I'm like, how do you know? She's like, these people don't love music. I'm like, how do you know? She's like, look around. Not one person is bobbing their head. Mm -hmm. Room full of professional dancers. There's such a disconnect. Mm -hmm. Now, I think the thing about Japan, I've even noticed when I teach kids, I'll be like, freestyle. And they'll be like, what does that mean? I'm like, it just means you do anything you want. And mm. sometimes, I don't know if you've had this experience with kids, they'll just start acting crazy. Like, and I'm not saying like, you shouldn't express yourself freely, but I'm just talking like really crazy. And I'm like, and I've something I've noticed is that there seems to be no, or the difference between mm. not working, but not being completely crazy 
is kind of lost. So for example, culturally, you love to do hip hop. It's no. as a kid, right? As a teenager, it's not your job, whether it's singing, whether it's dancing, right. but you apply yourself to it. It's its own reward and you want to get better. So you are concentrating, you're applying, but it's not work. Your parents aren't making you do it. It's not about a social pressure, right. but it's like in Japan, it's either you're doing it like Majimeni or it's Tekito. And if it's Tekito, it's like this craziness. And I'm like, for us, it's something in between. It's not work, it's, it's not schoolwork. <laughs> it's not homework, but we're intentional. But the right. intention is just from a love of something. And I don't, yeah. I'm not saying there's not kids who don't love it, but I just, in Japan, I see a lot of practice. And I, as a dancer, I've often felt like really, if I don't do well in a performance, my biggest fear is that people think I haven't tried hard enough mm -hmm. because everything here is about effort. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't put some effort in the things you love, but it's a lot of the time when I see dance out here and God forgive me because, you know, people, please don't come for me. I just kind of feel like I, I'll, I can concede there's a lot of effort that's been put in. Yeah. But to be honest, I'm only usually really moved when I see other black people dance and they don't yeah. even have to be professional. I'm just talking about in the club, just yeah. get, just uh, jamming out, well, just getting it. <laughs> yeah. One thing yeah. that I used to really think a lot about and, and kind of think was of tremendous importance in these kind of traditions was immediacy. And I, I mean, in the sense of like the anarchist tradition of gratuitous play. And to be immediate is to be less mediated by the type of things that would stop you from just doing, right? So when we dance, we're removing that barrier. Like when you get truly open and you start dancing and having fun, that, um, that barrier of wondering what people are going to view you as is something that kind of disappears. Sometimes you just get open, you feel it. And in that moment, in that immediate moment, you that's where the new spontaneous orders emerge that's where you find that you can do a different move or it works differently if you're constantly thinking about i have to do this move and then follow by one two this move this 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 and if you're learning under that type of thing then you're always being mediated by thoughts of how it must how the formula must play out and at all points of a party most people are not thinking about the formulas. We're having fun. We, you hear the music and you move. And I think that's why, like, I think it's also why dance is so popular out here because music speaks to anybody that has, you know, a glow inside of them or a soul like even as children uh, something's playing it don't matter if it's baby shark or something they it moves their body it speaks to them and when you have just like a one two three one and and that's the only way that you identify with the music decontextualized from the party the immediacy of it then you kind of don't ever get to that point of gratuitous play and a lot of times when we're walked when like these ciphers right people are just waiting for their turn they're like watching okay they did that so when i get out there i'm gonna do yeah. a top rock i gotta do it for 30 seconds and then i go down and then i end with a blow up and then maybe <laughs> i go back up for 15 seconds and i go down and i mean you can i think it, it applies to almost every single aspect of our lives it's so mediated by the expectations of being a brand or performing or, or you know what I mean? And it's you like, can't tell the truth. And one yeah. of the, I used to think 
because I started therapy last year. I'm not going to go off into a tangent about it. But I used to think that I just had really bad performance anxiety because I just I had like do. low self-esteem. But I actually think it's just I'm bad at multitasking. I can't care what you think and dance at the same time. And stop caring, girl. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, it's, and that's harder, it's harder. Than, it's harder yeah. said than easier said than not. I've always but, had performance yeah. anxiety. Because for I, you, know, you know me. Times. I can dance anywhere, right? You've yes. seen me dance anywhere. Oh, you're amazing. And so then one thing if that a I... circle opens around me, I, I stay dancing. I don't stop. But if you ask me to, then that performative thing comes yeah. up. And then I don't believe I can tell the truth in that context. So I just stay out. Like, I just want to be honest, but I don't want to be too high-minded that it paralyzes me. Carry on, comment. But so, okay, mm. this is just for you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe if you want to take this, make it your own, whatever. But when you say going into, um, like, how do I do it? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like not really caring and then just like, you know, going in, like, I'll be in there for four days. You got eight rehearsals. Right? You know what I mean? That, you have something that they don't have. Yeah. And what that is, is our authenticity. Yeah in dance yeah. so if you remember that you have that no matter yeah. where you are no matter where you go and they call you in for work you have that and that's what and they want from it. you and you just be you because nobody else can have that it don't matter if you mess up the move you mm. gonna mess it up with style that's for sure yeah that's exact and that's how i think if i yeah. mess up if i mess this up i'm gonna mess it up, up with style, style. Right. and they're gonna remember that but you know what helps me though coming into spaces like this because i think especially being i think also maybe you being half japanese even though you're not completely look like everyone else mm -hmm. there's a way you're still at home there's a way that out here maybe i'm making excuses i don't know like just coming home and being able to be my authentic self and not trying to find mm -hmm. it just being like it's there all along because it's again like with the hip-hop thing oh sorry again with the hip-hop thing it's familiar but unfamiliar so i'll be dancing with people who don't look like us and again it's step first feeling later mm -hmm. and you kind of learn to adapt to that but then it feels really weird it's kind of like as me as a woman dressing up in drag mm. it's like i could just skip the middleman do you know what i mean and just put on makeup i don't know i don't mean to offend anyone i'm just that's like a simile i'm just trying to yeah. it's like a like a metaphor i thought of it's like i could just get in there but it's just having a strong enough sense of self to be like, actually mm. just come as you are but again that whole thing of feeling like you've got so much to prove you know what I mean? And just being yeah. able to shed that, like, yeah. If they that. call you in, you have nothing else to prove. Amen. You've already proved it. Yeah. That's why they call you in. Um, yeah, go ahead. For, for me, like, when it came to performing, an aspect that I always thought about hip-hop was a little bit, like, and I'll just speak in the sense of b-boying in particular and, and rapping in particular, is there's always been this aspect about both of those two art forms i'll say that has been competitive and and it's a big part of it and when you're competitive about something it means that there must be like a winner or a better person but i never really wanted to think of them in that context i always wanted them to be kind of like being free being open and sharing and that's one of the reasons why I like weird people who do these things. I like the weird <laughs> yeah. stylers. I like the people with the weird voice. I like the people who are, are, you know, making their elixir just a little bit different intentionally to say like, you guys can do that over there, battle rap, or, you know, have this really sterile approach of breakdancing, doing power moves, right? It's like, to me, it's always been about style. It's been about like tapping into this really 
like singular moment of dopeness and getting open. And, and, and I, I don't think that I'd ever want to perform on a big stage like you guys, like my performance anxiety, like I got nervous before recording this podcast. I always have a feeling like what happens if I say something weird, this all like recorded or like, I just don't, as much as I talk, you, you wouldn't think that, but like, I really don't like talking. I only talk cause I'm nervous. Yep, same, same, yeah. same, same. So like, same thing for me with YouTube. This is why I don't have any videos up there. Like, as word, and you I'd got like so, hell of followers so, too. I'd be so nervous if it's like I can't make another video because I'm gonna sound stupid. I'm gonna give you the, back, this video and you put Welcome it on yours. Welcome back to my yeah. challenge. Don't yeah. forget to like, subscribe, and comment. <laughs> if I feel like, if I'm doing yeah. it with somebody, then yeah, yeah I feel like a yeah. bit more comfortable. Yeah. But being by myself, like. Like it did. That's why that? people don't believe I had um what do you call it like performance anxiety because I never I've never been nervous to talk like even today like if you there was like two hundred people out there and you were like mm. just just freestyle for fifteen minutes I don't know I don't I wouldn't be nervous but huh. I think with dancing there's something so entwined with it in my identity mm. that I feel like there's no room for it. I this huh. I need to be this thing so oh so I need to be this thing guys Word. I'm sorry I'm gonna have to wrap into this no <laughs> no like um I I can hear it. On, on my headphones okay. like when it gets further away so good morning yeah, just kinda help it. <laughs> yeah. um so i don't know I'm not, I'm not really sure where to go with the conversation i feel like we kind of touched a lot of really interesting topics about dance here in tokyo in terms of what you guys are doing now you, you said you have a freelance so you're teaching how how often are you teaching like are you both teaching dance classes now I am teaching at Terry's studio. At okay. Yeah. Shout out. You go all the way out there. Yeah, I go all the way out there. Oh, man. That's like that's like hella trains and a bus for you, right? Uh, No, I, I skipped the bus and walk. Uh, oh, yeah, shoot. Bus that bus ride was like eight minutes, ten minutes last time I was out there. When did you, where did you go from? Did you go from I Machida? I forget what station. Yeah, from nah, Machida so station. I go from Kobuchi, and it's a 15-minute walk. Okay. Yeah, so I, I was like, I could walk 15 minutes. Oh, I'm going to save that extra money. Like, that's what's up. For those of you that don't know, I'm talking about the legendary Brooklyn Terry Godfather of the Terry. Elite Force crew. Like he's written he in is. Heaven's Unchangeable Heart. Like yeah. he's one of the people who's <laughs> changed. He's been a part of the crews that yes. have changed dance. I recall an inter like a conversation between Most Def and Talib Kweli that happened during COVID, where they were talking about the real superstars during their youth and who they were and how they were dancers. And they were talking about Terry and Khalif and Stretch and all of these dudes and you wouldn't know if you weren't a part of the real Not like culture of that wish, bubbling I it's wish a legend. that's another thing that they talked about more yeah like the who the originators started. and you know where it all began how it came to japan at least to your students the teachers out there in japan it's like yo if you don't know them you know just check them out a little bit because i thought they were cool and they were the ones that brought this here or that you know started all this or that made this it to me it's so crazy like when when I when I found out who Terry was, I was like, for real? You Him. can't believe he's just standing there. Him. Yeah, yeah. And he's just <laughs> like, yeah. And, and on top of that, he's the coolest dude. Like, you and know, he's I'm, so humble. Yeah. Godfather Terry. Hey, yeah. Terry. No Terry's doubt, man. man. Brooklyn Terry. I love that man. Yeah. We were supposed to do a podcast together, and we we recorded the first episode or two episodes, and then you know Terry's busy and I'm kind of lazy, so <laughs> it just bad, never bad combination. It never happened. It never bad happened. Combination. You know, but um. Yeah, Terry is is amazing. That's my big bro. Um, and Terry's got he's such uh, 
what's the word like a, a spring well is that what i'm looking like a water well what's the word i'm looking yeah. for a well a wellspring sorry a wellspring of knowledge yeah, right. thank yeah, you i, I thought spring. of some new things we should yeah. start saying water well yeah. um but he's such a spring well of like knowledge and I like to think that my kind of overall hip hop knowledge is quite well, because again, I, it's not so close to me, I could take it for granted. I grew up in the UK, but um, when we did that all black production, he was the, I guess the creative director and his whole approach to it. And I know at the beginning, I was a little bit kind of skeptical, like this is a lot you want to do in such a short amount of time with this kind of array of different dancers, but I loved it, it was so organic and it was so us in a way. Like it wasn't, mm. I thought he was just gonna choreograph stuff, teach to us, make a video, we learn it at home. But he went through all these different styles with us that we weren't rushed. He made up the choreography kind of collaboratively with mm -hmm. each of us. Uh, it was it was such an, it was such a learning experience and it still stands as one of my, if not my best dance experience. And I don't wanna maybe say best, but definitely in the top three experiences as a dancer, yeah. not just in Japan, but in my life. He, he's Thank uh, you, Terry. he's one you. of those people. He's like he's not a historian. He's just a dude that's been there the whole time. Yes. You know? And so he's, <laughs> he's like a he's he's a bit like a griot. Is he from Bed like, Yeah. He I don't know if it's bedside, but I mean he Brooklyn Brooklyn yeah, Terry. Yeah. 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 And yeah, back then, you know, like they were doing the choreography for early Mariah Carey. Yeah. They the Mo Money Mo Problems video for Biggie. As well, um, yeah, just yeah. a just a large variety uh, of them, and still to this day, like. Yeah, I, I don't know if the the news. Yeah, I'll, I'll just keep my mouth closed about the upcoming news. But um, shout out, shout out. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've got a few questions that I'd like to ask both of you. And and as I as I begin to record Mega Late Show again and get back on it, I'm sure I'll have you both back on more in the future um, as perhaps guest hosts or even just to come back to talk about other things. Can I just like be here with y'all having? Yeah, Cause I just no doubt. Love listening to yeah. y'all talk. Uh, you know, what? in Sorry, fact, I I um I was thinking about you know I didn't. I knew I couldn't replace late. I could never find somebody who had the same kind of rapport and similar music taste, more pop pop rap than me. And, and like, I, it was impossible to find anybody. But I was like, man, I, I, it would be dope if I had some strong black women to kind of co-host just to kind of balance it out yeah. so it's not all straight not mega so goon so maneuver episodes you know what i mean <laughs> like i keep my tongue a little bit tucked a little bit differently when i'm went around the ladies yes. out of out of respect for my Good. mom and my sisters yes. you know Amen. What they yeah, raised him yeah. right yeah i try but you know otherwise it's goon maneuvers 100 percent um I do have a couple rapid fire questions. Okay, rapid fire. Cool. First, I would like to let people know about an event that is happening on people in Tokyo, an event that's happening on the 11th of March, which is next Saturday. It's called Let's Talk About It. Uh, well, the Let's Talk About It um, event that I've been helping to record and running at the Legacy Lounge is going to have a larger event happening Um with a variety of people, um, uh, Black Lives Japan, the Speakeasy is involved. This is a, a legacy foundation um, event, uh, Jaspora, which is Japanese diaspora type of stuff. It, it, and um, it's going to be happening. We're going to be talking about mental health. It's called Let's Talk About Mental Health. And we will have some professionals, mental health professionals there from Tell, which is um, yeah. uh, a, a nonprofit organization yeah. out here for foreigners in particular to reach out when you're having mental health issue they give you a lot of things um to point you in the right direction fruits and suits black creatives japan is going to be out here our homegirl ayana from out in osaka that lives out in osaka is going to be coming up and so there's going to be a lot of dope people there and it's going to be a 
a lot of really good conversation. And of course, I think I'm not sure if I'm on the panel, but if I am on the panel, expect to talk about hear about how our material conditionings weakening are one of the primary reasons for our mental health issues and not necessarily that epigenetic idea of post-traumatic trauma that happened a lifetime ago so i will get on that for sure um i will put a link in the bio you do have to rsvp in order to roll through there's only 75 seats available and it is going to take place it is going to be in shibuya i forget the name of the it's called we work shiroyama which is uh okay, yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah that's real close yeah. i think if you yeah it's in the trust tower it's closer to if you it's, go from harajuku i think it's okay. closer it's harajuku not shibuya then no, uh, it's, it's to, uh toronto mom okay oh, wait, hold yeah on. but but, I but Don't go to okay <laughs> i'm gonna put the link i'm gonna put the link in the bio <laughs> it might no harajuku you might be able to hop on what the Oelo line or something yeah, yeah, slide but, over yeah no don't get off but at yeah, Harajuku. tokyo tokyo folks people people are out here we would love to see you out there especially if you're having issues yourself there's going to be some real educated people there to talk to and point you in the right direction i myself have been going to a mental health care professional for a while now and it's it's working out they got me on all types of drugs but i have been without alcohol for like six months almost oh, you know okay. what i mean the cigarettes boost it up but you know i'm not completely <laughs> on my dean yeah I, I also don't eat no swine right now so. okay okay yeah, without that I'm trying swine to lose meat. Weight. yeah okay well you know like i love some bacon i love some spam <laughs> I, I love some like i love some but but it's very difficult but it i'm, I'm trying to laugh and i hear people say swine because i just i always think my grandma i think he's, of like, my he's such a swine yeah oh no, no <laughs> And you yeah. come to find, yeah. Nah, anyway. well, the 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 pro-black Afrocentric brothers that I grew up around used to be fiercely against swine. You know, that's a rick, a mix of a a rat, a dog, and yeah. a, you know what I mean? But I'm like, I oh think, shit, like it, it was a crafted Malcolm yeah. X, like they say. Yeah. But that just reminds me of a story. This is a bit of a digression. Please get up your kind of your rapid fire questions. Okay. When I <laughs> my first day, like at university, right? I don't know. I just used to do random things like for no reason. Like I'd sometimes wear a hijab. It's probably in bad taste. But on this particular day, I'm a Christian, but I, I just felt when people ask me, because you don't have to introduce yourselves, I'd say I'm a mess messianic Jew. So I was just saying to people like I'm a messianic Jew. So it's like, you know, like, a, you know, black Jews, black Muslims, whatever, sure, I'm a yeah. messianic Jew. And this man, maybe in my life, the most beautiful man I've ever seen. He looked, mm. he was some mixed race man, green Probably eyes. black and Filipino. I don't know. He oh, came know. up to me, he's like, excuse me, are you the girl? I think he had an American accent, like, are you the girl who's the messianic Jew? And I was like, oh yeah, I was just joking about that. And he was just like, oh. oh and dang. he walked off and I was ah, like, dang. don't be lying about crap. <laughs> it wasn't even a lie, I was just trying to be funny. I was just trying to be interesting, like I'm a messianic uh, Jew. I, I, I feel you. Yeah. I, sometimes like, I'd like to put together to multiple multi-syllabic you know, um, type oh, of yeah, words. To say it, you know what I mean? Yeah. You need yeah. to edit this because I think I'm going to come across as a crazy person. So oh, that's all right. Of it, like. we, no, we, we really want to have the audience recognize the, the signs of crazy people. Okay. This is actually supposed to help. Cool. So, all right. I'm also help. really tired. So yeah. Yeah. I've said something I, you don't you like. Guys did put it down to delirium. Come up after your, your dance uh, workshops, practice, or, or whatever you guys were doing dance-wise, which is more than me. I was sitting on the couch all day. <laughs> and um, yeah, Sorry. so I do have some questions. And then after that, I do want to Play kind of subject tracks. you guys to some weird music and see what your thoughts uh, are let's on go. it. Yeah, so rapid fire question number one. All time, and, and and you can kind of talk about it, but try to keep it to like 30 seconds. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, all time favorite musician or music artist? Stevie Wonder. Shit. <laughs> Shit. Don't even have to ask. Um, Alicia Keys. Okay. Um, number two, Aliens Arrive on Earth. What album do you play for them? Tribe. Songs in the Key. Which, tribe? A Tribe album? Yeah. 
Does it have to be songs hip-hop in the key or of life? no, no, no yeah, anything, songs anything. Songs of okay, either Songs in the Key of Life, but if it's a hip-hop album, um, Chocolate for Water, no, no, like Chocolate, like, like Water, water for, for Chocolate, chocolate. sorry, Common. If, it's a, if, I have to, if I have to do a hip-hop album, but, um... Oh, wait, I want to change mine. Uh, who, ah, oh, shit, who was it? Um, the aliens are getting upset. It's either Tribe or, um, Arrested Development. Okay. Oh, yeah. Tennessee, Tennessee, <laughs> Tennessee. Okay, um, favorite animal? Cat. Pigs, because no one likes them. <laughs> Yeah, they do get a bad yeah, rap. I mean, that's what rap. I call police. And, and, and really, <laughs> yeah. I, I rock with the, the pigs. They're incredibly smart animals. You ask this question to everybody? No. Because I can't uh, wait for somebody to say, like, iguana or something. Yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah. Word up. I, I want to hear it, too. I wanna, okay, um, if you could have any superpower, what superpower would you have? Teleportation. Teleportation? Dang, she took it. Because that's. I mean, that. you could have the same one. Yeah, Y'all teleportation. Okay. I, I really hope that nobody comes onto this um, podcast and, like, I want to be able to read people's mind. Because I'll be like, that's a fucking cop. You're uh, a cop. Hello. And we're recording. Close that door. Hey, Bye, lady. Ken. I love you. We'll face. be out soon. All right. Thanks, my face. sweet. She's adorable. I've met, her. Right. I've met her before. She's grown, though. Okay. Um, yeah. I, if, if you tell me you want to so read good. people's minds, I think Mm-mm. that's so no, gross. Listen. I think that's so gross. You it, it speaks a lot about you if yeah. you do that, right? No, you're just going to get or tired. Or people say, if you want to be invisible, what for? Where are you, where are you trying to yeah, be? Yeah, that's like a real horny. Be, that's yeah. a horny superpower. That's right. Yeah, yeah, we're just yeah. insidious. Like, what, yeah. what are you teleportation? trying to watch? Wait, for, for your teleportation? Like, just you? Because I want to be able to teleport objects as well. Oh, yeah. Like, oh. Like, suitcase and you don't want to teleport and end up naked somewhere and oh, your yeah, feelings yeah. are out. Mm-hmm. Or like, you you know, got to bring everything I'm trying to you. travel somewhere. I forgot something. Like, okay. right Teleportation here. is kind of yeah. dope. I think personally I would choose like photographic muscle memory. Ooh, so I could anything I see I could do. Emulate. That's yeah, amazing. That's Look what like that baby guitar would, yeah. that's a That's yeah. actually that was that was on like a TV show. Somebody Well that's a that's a, a Marvel character called Taskmaster. Ah. Yeah. It's like holographic. Yeah, um, yeah. That's a cool he was dope when I was a kid. He was a bad guy, but I mean like he's still yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um uh, what is the what is the kind of worst thing about Tokyo for you? And I don't mean to shit on Tokyo. It could be as simple as like we they took out the garbage this. cans. We were yeah. talking about this on the way. I feel like Tokyo is not representative of Japan. Like London's not representative yeah. of England. Mm. So there's a harshness, like especially people who have to commute, endure the commute, like the train, commuter train. There's a kind of like a rudeness and a hardness. I've heard people from New York say the same thing about just being a pedestrian, like people are shoulder checking you. And I think people kind of lose themselves and you think everyone's an asshole, but you become kind of an asshole yourself mm-hmm. if you don't consciously try to kind of i don't know maintain yourself that was a really long response to a rapid fire question i I apologize i mean i was gonna say the commute (laughs) 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 okay sorry i should have just said that you live like way out west right yeah that too but like you it's like there's just so many trains to transfer to get to like a simple like it doesn't have to be this difficult right like yeah just just you know i wish Maybe in the future they can make it a little bit more simple because you got to get on like the subway or you got to go up or you don't know where you're going in mm. the train station. So Shinjuku's like yeah, that yeah. For me. Like, I, I think get confused. Yeah, like I feel like people have already heard enough about like how um, cold people are, like you know, mm. shoulder checking sure. stuff. It's like so. Here's something else. The train sucks. Sure. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love living in a walkable city though. You should move closer oh, to Tokyo. Sure. Yeah. Oh, now, it's my, one of the things I really dislike about Tokyo is the fact that you can't like rollerblade on re- on public streets or you cannot skateboard on public streets. Dude, same thing like, with dance. They have yeah. like the <laughs> yeah, you, can't dance. you can't dance in public. Oh yeah, it was Dude, like a legal to dance like club years ago. Little, little like 
piece of paper that says you can't yeah, no, dance here. Oh, it's ridiculous. Shit. Last time we tried I'll to do like a video shoot, the... this dude, these people came over. It's like, hey, you can't. No, it's like, mm, don't even tell me. Ain't nothing written Damn. nowhere Anti-dance. that says I cannot dance. Yeah. I remember years you know, ago, it was illegal to dance in the club in some of the bars. After stuff, like right? 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it was still like, a no, law. It was, it, was a, it was like a post World War II um, yeah, law. And in Rapungi, like, after after a certain time, after like eleven, you or were not allowed to dance inside of the places. Ain't nobody gonna catch you. There's too what? many people for you to Hang be checking. I mean, if the police to... come and just stop dancing, you I know, know that's like, it. Oh. Yeah, that's still like, yeah. that's still a law though. Okay, really? that's yeah. still it's still there. It's not like enforced, enforced. or anything, yeah. but it's still there. So like, uh, genuinely, I believe Japan should like re. Yeah. They need to go over that and like. Yeah, but why change would that it? have been illegal? I don't in case know. You bump into someone. I forget. I used to know the reason, but yeah. That's insane. I'm gonna look insane. that up, How or you can look it up and you know, let I us know. That? That's okay. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Do, the, do the work for it. Yeah. <laughs> Comment <laughs> down below. I'm busy <laughs> with other things. That's kind of funny. <laughs> what What is your favorite convenience store? Seven Eleven. Seven. Closely followed by Family Mart. Okay. My My favorite is um, Mini Stop. Hey, oh, shout out okay. to that soft cream. Yeah, that mini soft stop. serve ice so cream. So mini stop like hot foods are my favorite. Like hot foods and like you know foods that they make there. Like that's not just like you can grab and go by. The foods that they okay. have there is really I like those. Are my I favorite. like the agatori of Seven uh, Eleven. Uh, okay. They got a little butter bread. Like I'm, I be big on bread, and I'm on a ketogenic. Th- In fact, these are real bad. This is messing my diet. <laughs> I'm trying to lose weight. I got I'm so heavy over the influence. holidays. I went back to the states. I came back, and I was a hundred kilos. <laughs> Yeah, I weighed myself two weeks ago. I was a hundred kilos. I'm, I'm ninety three kilos now, so I'm dropping away. Okay. Let's go. But, but they've got a butter bread. At Seven Eleven, that is just like a, like a one. spiral. It, like you don't gotta do nothing to it. You just kind of just yes. rip it off, and it's just like it's mm. so good. Japan I is let good for myself bread. have that sometimes if I know yeah. I'm gonna be dancing a lot that day. Yeah. But yeah. Sometimes I just like I like to just smell it, real close to it, intimate. Yeah, yeah. You've been eating bread. Yeah, I have. <laughs> what, what's your favorite drink? Uh, Mitsuya cider. Oh yeah. With a little bit of a uh, umeshu in it. Okay. Umeshu is my favorite alcoholic yeah. drink. Okay. Yeah, it's my favorite and um, drink, yeah. my favorite drink is currently um, jasmine tea. Okay. I'm a water. I'm water gang. I'm well, water I gang. I like water. Now. Water is water's a wa- staple. Wa- yeah, water. There used to be a subreddit called water niggas. <laughs> and it got <laughs> shut down because of the white folks started coming in there. And you can't just be like, yeah, I'm in water niggas if you white. It was problematic. Yeah. So it changes the hydro homie. So I still represent oh, hydro, hydro homie. Yeah, I love some water. Um, I'm also a big fan. I used to I used to call it Clemonada. And I don't know where it came from, but it was just like Coke mixed with lemonade. And it's just lemonade Coke, but it'd be like 50-50. But yeah, I like a soda pop every once in a while. Yeah, I'm too. I like I like my favorite now. alcoholic drink is red wine lemonade. Oh, what is this? I might start hot. drinking again. And it's hot. Hot. Hot, yeah. Hot red wine lemonade with honey. Yo, y'all Blasians be doing different things. Bro. Have you ever heard of this? Bro, nice. it is so... Apparently, it's called American... Oh, really? American lemonade Shout or something like that? Shout out to America. They I got too many things. I don't know, this. but yeah. it was so good at But you this heat one it cafe. up. Yeah, like, it's Like mold wine, but with lemonade. And, and so my honey. friend, God. So my friend made something else. She put some cinnamon in it, too. Yeah, the cinnamon, cinnamon. makes sense because it's mold Ooh, wine, right? Yes. You know Christmas mold wine, but with oh. lemonade. Lemon, lemon. It's not lemonade. You add um lemon... Juice, that juice like the con- yeah the concentrated yeah and you just mix oh, that sweet. with honey mm. heat it up so good 
Sounds right. like Futuristic. a elixir for a cold or a flu. Yeah, it Honest, does sound yeah. like Theraflu type of for yeah, alcoholics. Honestly, Shout you out. got a cold and you just not want to. I yeah. recommend. It's great. But it makes you feel the alcohol fire. goes down, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. That's super fire. I can't believe a lot of people don't know this. Never heard of that. You know, I'm a real that. simple person when it comes to drinks. I learned. When I went to San Jose, I was kicking with a lot of white folks, and they drink different. Like, we used to, with, with the homies, we'd have a 40, maybe a little shot of tequila, a little um, crown, or, you know what I mean? Like a like a and j But when I was hanging out with the white dudes, they would come in, they'd bring me something, be like, yo, this is a, a, a Tibetan burpee bomb. And I'd be like, what is this? What is that? And, you know, you take it, and next thing you know, like, your shirt's off, or you're getting crazy and stuff. So I, I, after, after that, I kind of really pulled pulled it all yeah. the way back all i all i really drink is highball or like straight regular beer okay like and i and I, for people that don't know what a highball is it's just like whiskey yeah. and water yeah, yeah. whiskey tonic water Soju and that's cool what i do yeah. yeah that's all right but i just yeah, I you know i haven't had much korean, I'm, a, I'm a little bit like, is that like korean sake yes yeah. but yeah, i drink yeah, i drink wine at i don't drink a lot i just yeah, i drink yeah. at home if i yes. do me too yeah. Yeah. i drink at home i do drink at home because when i go out it's counterproductive to the reasons i go out that's why it's red wine lemonade at home yeah 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 a bit of umeshu watching tv and your 30s under your blanket i haven't been drinking for a while but i was not ever super problematic with it like fall down drunk you know i might just wild out a little bit in 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 you know what i mean yeah but uh not a i wasn't not a a problematic yeah i wasn't a problematic drunk like i still make it home you know what i mean and and i've never passed out or fought somebody in tokyo for it so yeah but but homies tell me that they tell me that i have hostile energy and when i drink my hostile energy is more pronounced so people because the way i talk they say that i talk especially when i'm passionate about something i talk like a a wrestler promo like we coming for you like you know (laughs) what i mean like they they say i so they say i got hostile energy and that's not something that i really want to project and so i kind of have to reel it back if i'm being honest i've never i've probably only been i guess drunk maybe twice could be as little as once but I feel that if I was someone who was prone to drink, I'd be an angry drunk. Just uh-huh. Because it makes me sleepy. And when you're sleepy and you can't sleep, you get sure. kind of grumpy, right? You get yeah. irris- irascible. And I remember once years ago when I still kind of worked like a proper like nine to five, I was at a Christmas party and I had a screaming fight with someone. And I was like, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd, yeah. I'd drunk. And I was like, I never have screaming mm. fights. I'm like, yeah. So it's not like I'm I, I'm not teetotal. Apparently I give off teetotal energy. Oh, okay. Most people think I'm teetotal. I'm not. Huh. But I don't drink a lot because... Not socially, as I said before, I don't really have social anxiety. Mm. I can just talk, and then when I want to go out dancing, the dancing, the music's this getting is why us I don't high. Drink out because I want to go out to dance. I don't yeah. want to go out to drink. So yeah. when I'm at home and I want to chill, yeah, then yeah red I'm, wine. I'm also or very, issue. I'm very like, I don't want to say blunt because there's like, <laughs> there, there's Direct. like, I, I'm I'm not like the honest asshole personality uh-huh. where I have to say something mean, but I do say things that just don't honest. seem like you should say. Like uh, we was at the at the Juneteenth at the Juneteenth uh, little oh, get together or whatever. And I didn't go to the gala. That was too oh, expensive for my blood. Yeah, yeah, I went to um, Orion's joint. And and like I was talking to um, some girls. They, they was mad young. It was like 20 years old. So I'm 40. They, I wasn't trying to get at them, of course. I'm like, yeah, I, mean, I could be your dad. Yeah. And and so I was talking to them. And one of the girls I was like, yo, your forehead is super dope. Like I just like the kind of slope of the angle. And that's all I said. And my homie was like, bro, what are you? How would you just compliment something like a forehead 
and I, I was don't just see like, any problem with that. But I, I be saying shit. I, I usually do that. Like I, I might see a white girl and be like, "Dang, I didn't know white girls had butts these days." Like it's just okay, getting maybe. real <laughs> difficult. You know what I mean? Like I, I am very much. You know, I also that have very flirtatious that. energy. Apparently, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person that does that. So I don't wow. fucking know. Maybe the forehead thing, probably not the. The forehead was. I'm curious. I want to see her forehead. Yeah. Though. Well, I mean, the forehead was almost the same shape as the butt. It was kind of just like pr- pronounced but beautiful forehead. I thought it was dope, it was like and I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to be like hey girl i like your forehead is it like a beluga like is it no nah, it was it was a i mean i'm talking about this is just like a really good forehead kind of like my man's forehead right here was just like perfect though like i'm like dang the hairline and everything just now worked out under people's foreheads oh, okay. i'm um, a big forehead fan big forehead big third eye that's how i always feel about <laughs> yeah that's what i'm talking the about the first thing i look at when I see somebody's faces, their eyebrows. Yeah, shoot, nice. my eyebrows. I got the woolly mammoths. I, no, I, I don't know why. You guys are lucky because you have more than you need, so you can always reduce it. Like no. I've got things. Sometimes I fake it till I make it. Uh, really? My eyebrows used to be girl. mad beautiful. I used to have the mad beautiful eyebrows when I was younger. It was like mad perfect. But then as I got older, sometimes I got eyebrow hair that's like long as a pinky. Like, why did that happen? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know where it came from. It could be like a genetic miscoding because my father <laughs> and my mother have are, dope eyebrows. Are, well, they're just not hairy people at all but Uh-oh. me i'm all mammal Look, oh, yeah. like, my, like like you see my like my forearms i'm not like super hairy yeah. but like i've consistently hairy gotten yeah. hairier as life has gone on. on and my 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 hairline is whack my hairline well, is fucked up now well you can't I look say like, that and not show us. oh yes i can okay, <laughs> yes i can shine. we the yeah. people people know this me is, for always having a beanie or a hat on in this this yeah. is why i got the george jefferson my hair be big <laughs> in the back i look like a mad scientist eventually once i get all gray up in here i'm gonna go mad scientist route i'm, a, I'm a, i want to look like doc brown i want to i want to look like i real got i got like real mental health issues yeah, but i'm also building strange apparati if that's the guy you go to when you apparatuses <laughs> yeah i think apparatus yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's the correct plural. Uh, I, mean, I really enjoyed that rapid fire. I've always wanted to do rapid fire. Yeah. I really is, wait, is there that. more? Because we kind of like. Oh, I mean, I don't. I, no, I, I did have some other questions, but uh, we can rapid fire. No, yeah. I mean, it was just it, no. It was most like if you were on a desert island, what two music artists would you want to have to listen to? Meaning that's the only music you have that you can listen to. Okay, yeah. This is Ooh. not necessarily my favorite, but I would say that. What their artists is in their whole repertoire or just albums? There, no, all of every like even the collaborative joints ah, that they've done. So if you pick Quincy Jones, you get yeah a Michael lot. Jackson, you get yeah, everything. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. So, like, so I'm gonna, gonna go FKJ. For the FKJ. Oh wow, quite new. Okay, cool. Okay. I probably pick Stevie Wonder because he's really prolific. There's a lot That's there. That's true. And then for the second one, you can get two. Okay. I picked I, Miles Davis I for one of mine. Oh yeah, that's a label. You can't that's do that. That's cheating. That's like I got Def Jam. It's like okay. <laughs> well, Jay Diller, he's a oh, producer. Yeah? Is that an artist I could choose? Oh like, yeah, absolutely. I can have all the like. My choices the were of- my choices were Dilla and at first it was like RZA, but then RZA fell really fell yeah, off. But I love old RZA shit. But my choices were Dilla and Miles Davis. Okay, I'd say it's a good yeah, balance for me. I'd say Dilla and Steve Stevie Steve. Wonder. Shout out to Stevie Wonder. You know he had a baby like four or five years ago. My man is still getting. I love busy. Stevie. I wow. pay, I, I, he I, gotta be seventy. He wow. was 70, 10, seventy-two years ago. Shout out to Stevie Wonder. Bro. Yeah. yeah, straight up and down. Yeah, Stevie, if you're out there. If you happen to be watching, my life's goal is to meet you before the Lord calls you home. So please don't pass away until that happens. It's a bit dark. Sorry. Super dope. 
They um DJ Spinner used to do the who comes out here all the time. Yeah, he used to do the event uh Michael versus Stevie and one time Stevie Wonder called them up and was talking to like Questlove during it and they put it on speakerphone right as Stevie Wonder had had a baby. Okay. And so it was like speakerphone to the entire event uh, of of yeah stevie versus michael i was something like that but it was beautiful shout out go back and check out that episode that's some real yeah, underground legendary shit uh that's that's got to be five years four years i want to go now. back and listen to yeah. intergalactic soul now that you've mentioned that jam i think that's it can we um share you guys social media where we can find you and, sure and, I... and and also maybe plug your you know if people want to learn to dance yeah, from you lessons. yeah if you want to learn how to dance commune with the ancestors okay or come to my lesson my name is yinka oshitelu when i started my instagram when i started instagram a few years ago no one told me you're supposed to make up like a pseudonym so i just use my government name and so just yinka as it's spelled like yinka then oh shit elu that's my last name okay (laughs) on instagram mine is uh entertainer on instagram youtube uh whatever else i might have that i don't remember um it's entertainer with a three three n-t-e-r-t-a-i-n yeah the three mega late show secret house against the world appreciate you guys um stay tuned we are going to do a kind of a reaction video for these two ladies weird music hip-hop stuff but i gotta go pee pee thank you